a Lifetime original podcast. I've killed no less than three people in the last week. Gotta get my <laughs> jog in. And it's like, you can't, you're not getting cardio from all the digging of the holes. <laughs> I love a Lifetime movie. Now, honey, if that is not how to make a serial killer 101, I don't know what is. I'm trying to put myself in a hot pastor's body, which I'll never be in. You're quirky best friend, and you're no-nonsense best friend. They are horned up to a 10, and it is Sunday at 10.15. 9 to 5 will keep you alive. I am sinning and I am seducing. (laughs) If he killed her, I could be an accessory to the murder. Leslie... You didn't hurt anyone, all right? You tried to help. Yeah, but I told him to cut Emma out of his life. You told him to not stay in an abusive relationship, which is the right thing to do. What if she's dead? And it's all my fault. Look, I don't want you to worry about this anymore, okay? It's gonna be okay. Hello, and welcome to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am Megan Gailey joined by the go into the chapel. We're getting so close to bridal Naomi Ekparrigan. <laughs> we are getting so close to bridal, Megan. We're talking, okay, what is it? 18 days to the wedding, I believe? Oh, wow. This is like, in a Lifetime movie, we would have those 18 days up. You know, it would be like 18 days. Exactly. The countdown has begun. Exactly. And you know what? If it's a Lifetime movie, you know who would be the victim? My tailor. Because I don't have my wedding dress in my hand, Megan, and I'm on the edge of my damn seat. And you know what? If it's a Lifetime movie, her ass would be getting murdered by me right now. Yeah. And this is a... I, I, I don't want the listeners to go, well, that's intense, We've left you out of some of the drama, okay? <laughs> but this is this is the tip of the Taylor iceberg. Naomi, you are wearing a gorgeous, like creamy sweater right now. <laughs> you are you are in your Kerry Washington <laughs> phase. Are, are, have you entered the the point where you're like, I'm only wearing white? Now? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even put that together, but I, you know. You know what? I've always loved a Charlotte York McDougal, a Kerry Washington taupe cream beige energy. And I'm yeah. feeling like very feverish and chilly. So I have on a thick cable knit. It's it's uh-huh. really inappropriate for the setting, you guys. It's pretty nice in LA weather-wise, but I'm frigid and this is what I'm wearing. But perhaps subconsciously, I said today is my special day. Today and every day between now and March 11th. Yeah. Today and every day is, and after that too, I don't believe in the Cinderella complex. You've heard of this where it's like, as little girls, we're taught so much about like your wedding is the biggest day of your life. And so then people get like depression after it because it's over. Mm-hmm. Not not you and I. We go, we'll, get, we'll be in hair and makeup a week after. We don't care. Exactly. It's funny. I had a friend, I was texting with him and he goes, Drew Drogi, comedian extraordinaire, Chloe Sevigny's finest impersonator. And I was talking about just like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll be fine on the day. And he was like, of course you will. You and Andy are show people. All right. We don't have yes. to worry about this. People who know what it is to like be on a stage or present or, you know what I mean? It's like, it's fine. You'll rise to the occasion, you know? Yeah. That's not the stressor. You know what I mean? The stressor is actually not doing it. Getting there. It's, ever, it's, just, it's just the journey. It's not the destination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I was really nervous to walk down the aisle because I was like, I'm not really like in control of that. What do you mean? Like, because of the because the mermaid? No, it's like we're used to like walking up to a stage and knowing how to do it. But it's like, well, I don't usually I'm not usually flanked by my mom and dad <laughs> heading to a stage. 
and like whatever <laughs> wild baggage they're bringing to it. <laughs> oh my God, it's so true. My mom is walking me down and she's like, okay, so the outfit to walk you down the aisle, I'm going simple. I'm going clear, okay? Then Good I'm going to do something her. different for when we're having some cocktails. Then I'm oh, switching no. for when it's time to dance. Three? I believe it's a three situation, Megan. Three outfits? Wow. Literally, I talked to her yesterday. She's like, I stopped in David's bridal. I picked up something else. And so she's like going to bring all oh, of it. Wow. She's also bringing yeah. her travel sewing machine in case something comes up and needs to be adjusted. Yeah. Well, I mean, she knows what's going on with the tailor. She goes, it may end up being. <laughs> yeah, she's at the compulsive buying stage of the wedding. I, there was definitely like, I just have a bag of loose kinds of spanks that I bought <laughs> yes. pre-wedding mm. that will never be used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just like, I don't know what I need. Like the ones that are basically like capri pants. It's like, <laughs> why did I need capri leggings? <laughs> oh my God, I'm constantly buying just assortments of spanks. Shapewear. Yeah, constantly yeah, just, just like, give it all to me, ordering it. Yeah, I don't know the color. I don't know the shape. I don't know the size. Uh, and, and they're not cheap. No, they're not. And shapewear, honestly, and this may be too much. <laughs> shapewear, I do think, gives me diarrhea. Wow, it's pressing. It's pressing on the tum-tums too much. I'm just like, I don't need that. <laughs> I, it, yes, I don't. I'm like, let me live. This is why, for my cold, it's like, I want to be flowing. Yes, absolutely. And, and And you agreed. We both said, if we're starting a cult, we're doing Eileen Fisher. Yeah silhouettes absolutely loose breathable all right cults are not about constricting anything but your ability to move who you spend time with and where you put your money but your belly should be flowing as freely as possible you know what i yes. mean and honestly speaking of cults this really brings us into this today's film organized religion <laughs> cool cool segue on my part Guys, obviously, I'm joshing, but at the same time, I had to get us into the motion picture because this one is a doozy. It's a wild ride. It has one of the most unhinged men we've seen in any Lifetime movie. Who is also hot. Okay. Well, okay, we're going to talk about his hotness because I think he's okay. hot in a very specific way. And I have to t discuss it. The movie today, y'all, is called Sins and Seduction. Well, come on. Dream title. When progressive minister Leslie Reynolds welcomes a seemingly sweet couple into her church, she quickly finds herself entangled in the deadly obsession of a handsome new parishioner. Well, well, well. Progressive is yeah. Is I don't know why. Writer. I think it's just because she's a lady. They mean hot. They mean exactly. Yeah, I think they mean they hot. mean blonde. Yeah, blonde. Yeah, <laughs> young and hot. Young and hot minister is progressive. Oh boy, this film. I, I said it before we got on here. It's quintessential Lifetime. It really. It hits on so many different things, and I don't want to keep you waiting, so let's get into it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, talking about quintessential lifetime, we find out immediately that this movie is brought to us by our favorite production company, Marvista. All right, we see that <laughs> Marvista logo. 
we know we're in good hands. When you see Mar Vista or Real One, you go, okay, it's about yeah. to pop off. Uh-huh. And I, <laughs> it brings up a, a reminder that we need to plan our trip to Mar Vista Island. <laughs> we don't know where it is. We will find it on the map and we will have some sort of lost like expedition <laughs> there. Maybe it's the Bermuda Triangle. You know, you touched down on Mar Vista and you're in 2016 and you're at a high school where students are having sex with gym teachers. Like, I, like it's like... Yeah, I think Mar Vista Island is like just riddled with beautiful blonde women in peril. Do you know what I mean? Just in various yes. states of confusion and <laughs> anger. And then you just like pick one up and then you put it in front of a camera. And that's how the movies happen. When we go to Mar Vista Island, they'll go, oh, the cleaning ladies are here. <laughs> no, no, no. They're like, okay, you're quirky best friend. And you're no nonsense best friend. <laughs> like we're put, we're paired with a white woman in peril on Mar Vista Island. And then we become their best friend. <laughs> yeah. We just hold her, their bags. Okay. So we see Mar Vista, I go, we're in a good place. Then we open on a crucifix, a cross, on a wooden gate. And then I say, we're not in a good place. (laughs) Like, it's like, woo, woo. Okay, because if you are showing your religious beliefs outside of your home, (sighs) I'm not inviting you over. You're letting the mailman know, okay? You're letting the Postmates guy know. You're making sure people know this is the house of the Lord. And and the Postmates guy, they see that and they go, well, I'm not getting tipped. You know, it's going to be one of those, like, here's the body of Christ. And you're like, this is a vanilla wafer. I don't want this. So the gate swings open. We see a very cute house, a lovely garden. And yeah, as I said, I see the cross. This is haunted. You know, when you see those like houses where there's like a tumbleweed and you hear like an old woman scream inside and you go, no, that is the equivalent of this house to me. You know what I also associate that with too, like a creaky weather vane. You know, when you see the exterior of a house and the weather Uh vane is creaking or like some chimes are kind of off you know, off rhythm and you're just like, okay, nothing's good in this house. It's the same thing, but the garden is gorgeous. But then we see a little boy playing and he is wearing khaki suspenders and a bow tie. All right. Odd. He had a little bow tie and he's playing with his little cars like on the steps. I mean, this is wholesome kid behavior. He's like an only child Mm -hmm. by himself playing with some toys, but dressed to go sell something door to door. Yes. Like I'm like, these aren't play clothes. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm worried from the jump. He does get dirt on himself. He like, you know, pushes his hands on it. And then his mom calls him in and she sounds like kind of sweet when she calls him in. But he gets inside. She notices that he's dirty because you sent him to play outside in khakis. Exactly. Like this is on you, bitch. Okay. I can't. I can't even go to lunch in khakis, <laughs> let alone sit down on the dirty ground. And she is pissed. And I said, you need to look in the mirror because this one's on you. Please, I just need you to listen to how insane this mother is. Wash your hands thoroughly and use the nail brush. Okay, mama. What have you done to your Sunday clothes? I was just playing, mama. I told you not to get dirty. We mustn't be dirty. I'll go change, mama. (sighs) The water's too hot. It has to be hot. To get you clean. Why must we be clean, Gareth? Cleanliness is next to godliness. That's right. We always have to be clean, Gareth. We have to be pure. You want to be clean and pure, don't you? Yes, Mama. Okay, now, honey, 
if that is not how to make a serial killer 101, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I mean, as soon as she, I go, okay, well, we know what's going to happen to this little boy. It ain't going to work out well for him. A nail brush? And she says it like it's right. Like, it's r- make sure you use the nail brush. Right. It's on like, hand. That's a, it's on and hand. he's like, yes, mama. <laughs> I am. I And I think when we see him, we go, well, this will obviously grow up to be the bad guy. And it. So rarely does Lifetime show us sort of the origin story. We are getting his Joker in in the film. Well, this is what I was going to say. Because, like, they will give you... Lifetime will give us a flash. Like, do you remember Hider in My House? We see that opening of, like, a kid. But yes. you don't get the specifics. Meaning, you know there's a kid, and you know something had happened. Something's bad. But you don't know, like who that kid is or exactly what it is, right? Or the face of who was abusing them. This one, you go, here she is, she's blonde. And here he is, he about to be a woman's worst nightmare. And so you see that, and then after this reaction, you know, that's our cold open, honey, just get us started. We know something's going wrong. We cut to a woman at the pulpit at church, and as Megan said, a woman doing a reading. Because what Megan could not fathom is that this woman is the pastor of the church. Exactly. (laughs) I said, oh, this is like when they pick a hot lady to come up and do, you know, Lord, hear our prayer. (laughs) They always have someone hot do that. Because it's like, (laughs) we got to get the prayer. Someone hot do that. They do. We got to get the prayers in. So we got to dangle some candy in front of them. And we know the candy is hot with (laughs) it. And and then you go, Lord, hear our prayer. Okay. So uh, that's what I was thinking. No, come to find out. This is the, this is the minister. This is the, this is the pastor. This blonde young gal, she she could be in one of our sorority films. I mean, I, I said to make, I said she reminded me of Whitney Rose from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Okay, that is the look yes. she's giving me. That's the vibe she's giving me. I was like, I'm sorry, what the Lord? Okay, girl, I guess. And keep in mind, Whitney Wild Rose. That's her name. <laughs> Whitney Wild Rose did a sexual painting with her husband. Mm-hmm. So like this isn't mm-hmm. some this is an ex-Mormon. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> who has a speakeasy in her basement. Like yeah. a stripper pole in her closet. A husband yes. who's 25 years older than her. Like it's all that. And this is who that looks like. Yeah. <laughs> that she is evocative of Whitney Wilde. You know she put the wild in her name herself. Yes, there is a black parishioner, Mrs. Abbott. She's got the hat on. Like she is black church lady. And I felt this way. You were the one who acknowledged it. And so I will let you say it. Well, no. Well, you said, well, first you point, you know, basically how we figure out that um, this woman is our pastor is because Mrs. Abbott, the black parishioner giving us church hat realness comes up and is like, you went long today. That sermon was too long. And the first thing I said, no black woman wearing that church hat would listen to this young blonde white lady preacher. I said, because in no other world would she be comfortable, like, giving her notes after. You know what I mean? I was like, you don't respect yeah. your pastor when you're giving them notes, saying you ran the light. Maybe Mrs. Abbott also, I think I feel comfortable adding no Black woman giving us church hat realness would take umbrage with the length of the <laughs> message. You know, like, I've been to a Black church, and we're talking seven hours. Right. <laughs> like, you go, it's long. It's long. Absolutely. It is Christopher Nolan film long. So maybe Mrs. Abbott came to this church because she was like, you know who I can bully? A young white girl. And, <laughs> and so she's like, I want to give notes. And, and my my black church, they would not allow me to give notes. Absolutely true. Also decided, Mrs. Abbott, this is the Abbott Elementary I want to watch. That's what I was <laughs> I was like, I want to watch her going up to people going, absolutely not. 
I did not come here for all this. You need to wrap it up. That would be my favorite show. Also, everyone, when they like pan to the pews, everyone is hot. Like, and and they're kind of acting like everyone isn't hot at this church. But I was like, oh, this is one of those hot people churches, which is even weirder. <laughs> Give me old uggos. <laughs> well, but that's how Pastor Leslie Reynolds talks about it. She's like, because she notices a hot younger couple. First, we see them in the pews. And mm-hmm. then she notices them having like a fight outside the church and kind of clocks it. And then she asks, her friend Nancy, and I don't really know if Nancy is just like church assistant, general yeah. bestie. All we know is Nancy stay gossiping and is in everybody's business to the point where I said, Nancy, you got to go make some friends because you into some stuff that don't even matter. Yes. And Nancy is played by a soap star. Yes. And she's gorgeous too. Like I, she's older than Leslie, but Leslie's 14. Right. So, <laughs> you know, Nancy is like of normal age. I think she's church secretary, which is also church busybody. Uh-huh. And, okay. Okay. And she's, She's almost, like, too good of an actress to be this woman that's, like, gossipy because I, like, so enjoy her. Like, when Nancy's on screen, I'm like, I want to I wanna go to Nancy's house. I know. Well, it's funny because you know Nancy from her soap past and because she's brunette. She was playing the villains, Villain. the dangerous girls, yeah. right? So I feel like she was probably like, sure, I'll be best friend. I'll be best friend, uh-huh. right? Where she's like, it'll be fun. But I'm like, Nancy, I want you to unleash the beast. I want, I want Nancy's yeah. dark side. But. Leslie and Nancy are, from the jump, obsessed with how hot this couple is. Like, they're like, did you see that hot? Like, they are horned up to a 10, and it is Sunday at 10.15. Like, I am like, what do you got? This is a wild, this is wild church gossip to be like, do you see how hot that couple is? Oh, yeah, I want to rip their clothes up. Like, I was like, you two need to reel it in for in the sake of Jesus. So immediately, Nancy, she's like, I got all the information. So we learned that this young couple are Gareth and Emma. They're newlyweds who have only been together six months. Uh, Emma's from Georgia and has no family. How does that come up in, a, in an introductory conversation? Red flag. And then Gareth <laughs> has moved around a lot and owns a computer company. Now, if you recall from our clip, Gareth was the name of the little boy who was yeah. being told to wash his hands in the beginning. Okay. And also, I did get the vibe that Gareth was IFing Pastor Leslie. All right. Yep. So that's all I'm going to say. And then, so we just have that moment. And then we see Leslie. She's at home. She's just chopping some vegetables. This is a regular Lifetime kitchen. It's not really giving us the fantasy, but I also think that's because these are people of the Lord, okay? They're not here spending. They're not here for all this extravagance. They're not Gwen shambling it up. They're not shambling, okay? And (laughs) her boyfriend is also a pastor, Pastor John whose real name is Rib Hillis, which I find very upsetting <laughs> that anybody, because I clocked the name Rib when they're showing the names in the opening credits, and I said, who's a Rib Hillis? And then I looked and I said, of course, he Rib Hillis. He's such a Rib Hillis, you guys. Do you think he's, <laughs> do you think he's named after like the rib that was taken from the man to make woman? <laughs> <laughs> you mean Adam's rib? I actually think he was yeah. named after the McDonald's McRib. <laughs> and I think that some families. But. But do you think there's a chance the McRib was named after Adam's rib, which was taken to make woman? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why it's only available for a limited time. And the Mick is for McKenna. This is McKenna Rib. And she's Adam's rib. Wow. Yeah. And John and Leslie are an odd couple. They are because he's really giving us. Decades apart. Decades apart. He's really nerdy. 
he's, you know, she, again, she's Whitney. But then again, this is very Whitney Wilde Rose and her old husband. Yeah. And and Pastor John feels like a pastor, like in real life. Like, I'm like, oh, they went to Salt Lake City and found this man and said, would you like to be in a film about Jesus? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. And he didn't know it was a Lifetime movie. <laughs> so they are boyfriend and girlfriend. They do have SEX, I get the impression, but they don't live together. But I thought they were married. They're not married. And Leslie is the driving force of them not being married because she doesn't want to become, quote, just a pastor's wife because she wants to be a damn pastor herself. She is a pastor. They work at separate churches. So it feels like they're like, you know, east side town, west side town. Exactly. Because they're both like united. It's like first united and united first or something like that. So, okay, that's that's her dynamic. I'm not ready to be together. Meanwhile, at Gareth and Emma's house, they're in bed. We're at night, honey, and he wants to have sex. And she's like, no, I don't feel like it. And I said, relatable, great, okay? <laughs> I go, this couple, oh, then there's nothing nefarious. They're a normal couple. Now I'm, and but then, unfortunately, he takes that note and goes into the bathroom and starts scrubbing his hands. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-oh, this isn't good. I thought he was going to go into the bathroom and jerk off. <laughs> well, you know, Lifetime would never. Megan, Lifetime would never. Okay, but that's, I was like, oh, he's going to the bathroom. Okay, I've seen, speaking of Charlotte York, I've seen this one before. <laughs> yeah. No, he goes in and he's nail brushing those fingers. Yeah. And that is not a euphemism for Yankin. <laughs> so now, cut to the next Sunday. And Leslie finally introduces herself to the hot couple. And you're just like, calm down, Pastor. She asks them for coffee. Gareth invites her over. And Emma's like, eh, we just moved. Our house is a mess. And you, and Emma seems uncomfortable. Yeah, she doesn't want to have guests over. Yeah, but also just very, like, uncomfortable just, like, talking to another person. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when P- Pastor Leslie approaches, she's like, eh, uh, awkward smile. So after that weird interaction... A few weeks later, Nancy and Leslie are buying dozens of sweets with no explanation for why. When they run into Gareth at a bakery and Leslie's like, I haven't seen you guys in a few weeks. And he's like, oh, Emma hasn't been feeling well. And then we see he has a huge cut on his arm that he says is from yard work. And then he invites Leslie over for that, like that evening. Listen, I, uh, I've actually been planning on coming to the church to invite you over for that cup of coffee we talked about. But since... I have you here. How about tonight? Uh, okay, sure. Um, is Emma ready to have guests over? Emma's a meticulous housekeeper. She just wanted to make sure the place was pristine before you drop by. That's yeah, one of the things I love about her most. But she's good at cleaning? <laughs> oh, don't they say cleanliness is next to godliness? Yes, they do, actually, yes. And again, it's like, do people invite their pastors to hang out like that? I think people do. No, you would have to be high up in the church for that, right? Like the deacons or something where you'd be like, oh, pastor, let us host you. No, because that would be so rude if the pastor was like, no, you're not high up in the church enough. I'm not having a pastor. I'm, I'm a, a priest has never crossed the threshold of any home I've ever lived in. <laughs> and, and he's not going to. I mean, you know, my mom was friends with Father Phil. Rest in peace. He was a nice man. <laughs> but uh, Father Phil was not coming to our house. It is worth mentioning, Gareth's vibe uh-huh. from the jump is Yes. He is odd. And it's not one of those like, oh, he's socially awkward. It's like he is hiding something and he is not hiding it well. He's intense. And this is where a moment where we can kind of unpack Gareth's hotness. He is to me very jock hot. 
He's got a big head, some big old teeth, what? square jaw. It's giving me athlete. Disagree. He's an athlete energy to me. He's giving me emo hot. Really? Yeah, because there's like a little scruff where I don't I don't think he's ever played sports once a day in his life. Really? Yeah. He. he, You think he's going to hold a football? He's going to have to wash his hands 18 times during the game. So he I actually do get and maybe this is the Indiana in me. I get religious hot from him. Hmm. Really? Yep. Religious hot who probably, like, love sex workers. Okay. <laughs> okay, listen. You might be right because I just looked him up. The actor's name is Brandon Quinn. And it says, he found his passion for acting in high school theater after a serious car accident in his junior year kept him from playing sports. Wow, we're both right. <laughs> so it was both. It was both. He was, he was, because I was like, he is... He looks just so broy and jockey to me. But I guess, but I think you're right, maybe religious hot. It is that sense, because I do, you know, he's, you know, again, like, these are people who watch the big game and then ask other people if they saw the big game. Okay, you're obviously coming for me and <laughs> my King Gareth. Okay, now this is, this is why I think people have the pastor over a lot, because they in- invite Leslie over and she shows up not only with a cake, but a cake that's in a cake carrier. Now, Naomi, mm-hmm. I am a married bitch from the Midwest. I don't know a soul with a cake carrier. Actually, when I went on the, um, nope, I take it back. When I went on the sorority weekend, multiples of them had cake carriers. <laughs> of course they did. Yeah, and they showed up with coffee cake in it. So it's like, I think Leslie is being invited so many places that she has a cake carrier. <laughs> so Emma is alive. I was shocked by that. When he said Emma hadn't been feeling well, I was like, she's already dead. No, she is alive and she is serving iced tea at 8 p.m. And I said, nope. She's not alive. You cannot be given. <laughs> the latest I'll have an Arnold Palmer is probably 4 p.m. What? The caffeine is too much for you. Yes. But if you're Southern, sweet tea. I, You know what? I don't, I'm don't. i not a sweet tea. I, I would prefer an Ar- Arnold Palmer. I don't like a sweet, but I'm saying if she's supposed to be like a Southern girl from Georgia, you know, that's mostly just sugar. You're just drinking sugar water. At 8 p.m. with cake? I, it was so weird. No, yeah, no, you're right. With cake, that's not correct. So they both keep calling each other the meticulous one, like Gareth's like, Emma's so meticulous. And then Emma's like, well, Gareth, he's so meticulous. And I'm like, something, they're just weird. And then Gareth <laughs> keeps quoting the Bible. And yeah. uh, it's like, I know the pastor's here, but you're like really showing off. I know, it's too much. It's like if we were to be with a booker and we're doing bits, you know, it's like, calm down. Yeah, he keeps being like, and it's like, it's also like, babe, she's the pastor. Like, she knows. You're not going to beat her at yes. God, you know? And so him just being like, look at all the, look at what I know. And I'm also just like, you're such a downer. Gareth is so unpleasant to be around. This is what I mean. Like, the man is not so ser- self serious and like, yes. we don't see him smile. These two met volunteering at a homeless shelter. And it, it you go, that's weird. It gets worse. And maybe you're not, <laughs> maybe you think that's nice. And you're right. Actually, that is nice. But when you see how hot they are, you're like, eh, meeting at a homeless shelter is for homely people. Okay, you two, <laughs> you two could be on Raya. Get on Raya. They met because he brought in 200 pairs of socks, which is very nice. But because he had heard her on the radio, you know, doing a plug for the homeless shelter. <laughs> this is what I thought was the crazy part. I go, yes. what radio interview is interviewing her to talk about the homeless shelter? I said, not even. And she's not ready. You get her on the local news. Okay. You want to make hygiene bags? Yes. You get redheaded hot Emma on the news. Go, we're making hot. Hy- 
because Gareth heard her voice on the radio talking about the homeless shelter and said, I need 200 pairs of socks now. (laughs) And then he quotes his mom and the music gets scary because we remember that bitch. She was not right. Mm -mm, mm -mm. And then suddenly Emma gets a call from work and is like, I got to go take it. And, you know, Emma, again, is still feeling uncomfortable. Even when she's talking about how they met, she's also like, you know, at one point, Leslie asked the pretty innocuous pastor appropriate question of like, did you grow up in the church? And Emma's like, does it matter who I used to be? It's like, what? like okay, damn, girl. So that's the thing, too. So it seems like part of me, I saw the two of them and I said, okay, they committed murders together. They're going to be Bonnie and Clyde energy. Like they're on the run and making a fresh start. And they're like, our story will be we met at a homeless shelter. <laughs> to, yeah, to hear someone's voice plugging a homeless shelter on the radio and then find them. That's a killer. That's a killer. Yeah. But so basically when Emma leaves take the call, Gareth and Leslie are talking for a second and then Gareth like leaves to check on Emma and you can kind of hear they're arguing and Leslie and this is the beginning of me not liking Leslie. Leslie gets real nosy and they're like upstairs in the bedroom having an argument and she starts climbing this exactly not Nia and they outside in the back having sweet tea and sweet cake and she walks up the stairs and like stands on the steps listening to their argument. And basically, you know, what we hear is that Emma didn't want the pastor over in the first place. <laughs> we can tell their relationship is not in a good place. And then like Gareth comes down and sees her on the steps, Leslie. And she's like, I was looking for the bathroom, you know? And he's like, the guest Leslie. room's downstairs. But it's like, Leslie, again, the stuff where it's like, they're so obsessed with this young couple. Like everyone's like, what's going on? What's People are like very nosy in a way where I was like, is this town Mayberry? Have, is it like you're the first new people to move in here in 45 right. years? Like, <laughs> or is that sort of making a judgment on the church? Like, is that the because everyone is so nosy? And I'm like, oh, is that maybe like a little wink to like this is how church people really are? <laughs> but then Leslie leaves. She she's like, I gotta get out of here. I, I've had cake, coffee, <laughs> and tea. I'm gonna be up all night. I gotta go run a marathon. So she leaves, and then Gareth and Emma start like aggressively making out in front of the window. But it's like that making out where they're like pulling each other's clothes off and they don't have curtains. And and Leslie just stands outside and watches it. And I'm... Just for like a beat. <laughs> it's weird, but it, you go, oh, maybe they're one of those couples that like has to fight to have sex. I guess. But then you're just like, why is he constantly quoting the Bible? And it's just like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't know. The whole thing, it was like, okay, are they in love? Are they a good couple? I didn't understand. I really didn't understand. They're an odd couple. I know. Well, but you know what? It gets odder for me because we then go to the church the next day and we see Dot Marie Jones. Okay? Actor extraordinaire. I mean, we're talking books does it all. Yes. The Weird Al Yankovic movie, Bros, American Horror Story. I mean, Dot Marie. Icon is playing the church janitor. Now, was she friends with the director? I don't know, because this is 2018. Like, this isn't, like, I'm like, Dot must have fit this in. Truly. Dot was like, I'm around. I'll come do you a solid. I guess it was right after Glee, you know? Maybe she was like, I'll go do a church movie. Maybe. (laughs) But yeah, to just be the church custodian. Well, you know, she does... She does play an important part. Okay, so then Nancy, nosy Nancy, is like, how was it at the Wilkinsons? You know, because she wanted to be invited. She was trying to, she, Nancy is giving, please invite me to have a threesome. (laughs) And Leslie's like, I don't want to gossip. And it's like, Leslie, come (laughs) on, give, what, why do you think Nancy works here? Well, this is the thing. Then 
What's wild is that, like, Leslie's working late that night and hears noises. And, you know, this is one of the lifetime rules we actually didn't touch on in our 100th episode. But this is something I'm constantly trying to remind myself. Nine to five will keep you alive. Yep. Stop doing this working by yourself after hours when it's dark everywhere, but all the doors ain't locked. Okay. And also work from home then. Like if you've got church business to do, unless she's refilling the holy water, it seems like it could be stuff she can do at home. You know, like you can work remote for this, Leslie. Absolutely. Leslie working late, which she ain't supposed to be doing, and she hears noises. She goes to check it out. Nothing's there. And then she comes back and Gareth is in her office. Y'all, it is midnight. Midnight. And he is there because he needs somebody to talk to. Yeah, he said he wanted to go to the chapel. And she's like, the chapel looks closed at eight. Like, we all know midnight <laughs> is not church hours. Exactly. And I just felt like, it's like, your church is not a diner. You cannot walk in at any old hour and get service. You know what I mean? You can't be walking up into church at 12 a.m. saying, give me pancakes. Well, and the thing is, he's clearly lying. He came there to talk right. to Leslie, but it's like, it's not a good lie. Yeah, it's also not a good time to do, like, midnight. Comment. It's, how do you midnight know she's, is so creepy. how did you know she was going to be there? Hello. So then he says that, that marrying Emma was a mistake. And he's just adamant the whole time that, like, no one can know about them talking about this. And she keeps being like, I'm a pastor. It's confidential. But uh, we just need you to listen to some of this. I barely knew Emma um, when I married her. She was so beautiful. She's very beautiful. She's never been with another man before me. You know how hard that is to find? Do you feel differently about her because you want to keep her that way? Untouched? Oh, oh what, that? what would make you think that? Uh, you just seem very enamored with purity. It's, it's not the first time you've spoken about it. Well, our sex life isn't the problem, if that's what you mean. Uh, I, no, of course not. Oh, she's just, she's just so angry. You know, I didn't know. You know, she she wasn't like that before. You know, some people like to create drama. It sounds strange, but it, in a way it excites them. She yells a lot. Gareth, does she do more than yell at you? This is a safe place. Everything you say is confidential, and I'm not going to judge you. throws things and she hits me but that's that's okay you know she's so she's so small and delicate but I don't want it to be like that did she give you that bruise on your arm we were hanging pictures and uh, she was getting frustrated so I um you know, I was trying to calm her down, and she picked up a hammer and um, swung it at me to keep me away, and, and I put my hand up uh, as a reflex. You know, she uh, it hit me. Okay, so he's being abused by Emma, and based on his intensity and overall violent nature, we're not. I don't it. believe it. <laughs> I don't believe it for half a second. All right. Yeah. yeah. And so then, but but Leslie, the fool, does, 
And it's like, you know what? If that's true, God doesn't want you to be with somebody who's abusive. And then it's like, let's pray. So like they hold hands and pray. And while they're praying, he's staring at pictures of her that are in the room, which is also like, Pastor, why you got pictures of yourself in the room? It's like, unless it's a picture of you with Jesus, no one needs it. They're praying and he, his eyes are just like so open. And I do think praying, it's probably like kissing where it is a closed eye event. <laughs> Because if Leslie were to open her eyes and see his eyes like that, I think she'd go, okay. <laughs> well, no, maybe she yeah, wouldn't because yeah. Leslie seems to not catch anything. She catches nothing because I'm looking at him like the power yes. of Christ compels you. I'm trying to douse him in holy water. So she comes in the next day and there are flowers from Gareth and they're lavender, which is her favorite. And a card that says, thanks for last night. Inappropriate. Real. Really? Very inappropriate. That You know it's a pastor. Why would you use that? And so, of course, Nancy is the one who gets it. And Nancy's like, I got to change my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy is like, fired up. Tell me everything. <laughs> so she goes over to Gareth's house and he answers the door shirtless, but does that thing people do in movies and TV shows where they only open the door like a sliver because obviously they're hiding something. Which is like, you have a dead body in. Like there's no, it's like, no one has ever done it because it's like, oh, I tooted or like, oh, my house is a mess. It's like there's a dead body right behind you. Exactly. And the thing is, so not only is the door like barely ajar, he's being really cold and dismissive, acting like he didn't show up at her damn office at midnight crying about his relationship. It's like, sir, yeah. didn't you just come see me about nine hours ago? So Leslie is there to get her cake carrier, which I knew she was going to leave behind because it's like, mm -hmm. how do you remember? And so he goes in to get it and the camera follows him when he's inside and we see there's a bloody sweatshirt and a bloody knife on the counter. And his body is a 10. Well, sure. It's a Lifetime movie. Well, it's a Lifetime movie. I, mm, mm, mm. But yeah, he's shirtless <laughs> and sweaty. And Leslie, you know, she is clocking all of this. And like, I'll save it because there's more. There's more issues. Well, this is interesting because I will say this. I didn't notice her clocking it. I didn't think the camera gave us those like lingering glances or like traveled down his torso. So I wasn't getting the sense that she was even clocking it until as we'll see. I think, and maybe this is so prudish of me, but I'm trying to put myself in a hot pastor's body, which I'll never be in. But I think there's a world where he opens the door like that and she goes, oh, it's a bad time. I'll come back. Like, it's just, like, inappropriate for him to be, like, I mean, he's in full Magic Mike gear, which is no <laughs> gear, and oiled up. And it's like, Gareth, I gotta get my cake and get out of here. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just every interaction they've had has been inappropriate. Right, right. Which is what makes it so frustrating that, okay, basically, the next time she sees him, Gareth is praying, he's in church, and he's all like, I'm sorry, I was Kurt. And he's basically like, I help you. I can help you with the stuff for the food drive because Emma is out of town visiting family. No. But then remember, Gossipy Nancy said Emma had no family. Right. And Leslie's like, um, what? And Gareth's like, um, friends who are like family, like real, like. You're bad at lying. Exactly. Which I guess is good because he's a religious man. They get, <laughs> they get to the food drive and Leslie's boyfriend, Pastor John, is there. Mm-hmm. And this is where the awkwardness really ramps up. Gareth is awkward, aggressive. Mean. He's like really mean to John. It's like, well, my church is better. Like, Leslie's better. It's like, calm down. And John is obviously like, this man is not right. Yeah. That was odd. He seems protective of you. And now John is my favorite person. Yeah. Granted, the actor, Rib Hillis, I don't know. But John 
is the only one with some common sense in this entire motion picture. Okay? He was like, this don't make no sense. I think Rib is bringing John to okay. life. <laughs> well, perhaps. And then we see Leslie's gardening and Gareth is running by. And I'm like, where's your house in relation to hers? Could you right. even really do this run? She's guarding, and then he's like, you look so pretty without makeup. He, the, and the whole thing with him, again, you know, remember mom and the and the yeah. cleanliness and the hot water. Yeah. He's all about purity and, you know, pure and clean and this. And like, you know, the same way he talked about Emma, like she she had never been with a man. It's like, that's ew. all he wants. That's all he wants. It's like, ew, ew, ew. It's so gross and weird to say like, oh, you're even prettier without makeup on because I can just see like how pure you are. And Leslie's just like, yeah, this is normal. <laughs> I know. She's like, thanks. Cool. She mentions she's afraid of heights. I clocked it. It actually really doesn't even come into play. It doesn't matter at all. No, it's a bad reason for not being able to paint a birdhouse. And then Gareth is insisting, like pretty adamant that he has to paint this birdhouse that's at Leslie's house. And she's like, <laughs> okay. Because he's like, I have to repay you, you know, for the help you've given me. And it's like. That's she doesn't want that. So find something else. You know, send her some spaghetti. Mm -hmm. The flowers are an inappropriate. Like flowers are for romance, a friend, or a death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If a man were to send me flowers, I think CJ would be like, "What is going on?" Absolutely. He would also be like, I, not just what's going on, but he'd be like, I'd have to talk to this man and say, hi, I am Megan's husband and I need you to stop what you're doing. And like a car that says thanks for last night. And it's like, what the hell? That sounds sexual. It's so sexual. So later that night, we see John and Leslie hanging out at Leslie's house. And as you put it, Megan, they are drinking the blood of Christ. <laughs> They're having red wine. And I was like... <laughs> You guys, that's a crazy choice to just be cash <laughs> drinking the blood of Christ while you're watching <laughs> The Bachelor. And they're talking about work. And so it's like, which I think is so funny, this idea of like pastors talking shop, uh -huh. you know, just being like, and then they said this to me. And then they said this to me. <laughs> but John is very skeptical of Gareth and he's asking a lot of questions. Listen to this. Well, his wife's been away, so I think he's just missing her. You think maybe that she left him? I mean, he said that she was away with friends. I mean, what if what if he's lying? You know, I really shouldn't be talking to you about this. It's confidential. Yeah, just be careful. Got this under control. Well, I, I know, and I, I know, I know how much you want to be available to your church members, but you also have to set boundaries. What is that supposed to mean? <clears throat> that I know you. And I know how much you care, but when when you leave yourself open for people, I mean, it it makes you more accessible, but it also makes you more vulnerable. There's nothing wrong with vulnerability. Not in general, no. But look, when when someone comes to their pastor, what they're really looking for is leadership, not a friend. I have hospital visitations in the morning, so I am going to get ready for that. <sighs> Leslie, come on. Don't don't be upset. No, I'm not upset. I'm just tired. She gets mad. But John is not wrong. No. Gareth is constantly coming around shirtless, quoting scripture like a, some kind of blackmail. The man ain't right. The man ain't safe. No, and the fact that she gets defensive to me was a really bad sign. That's when I start to be like, oh, I think Leslie likes this attention. Like, I think Leslie is into uh -huh. it. And John 
is because no one else has really seen their interactions. Like Nancy wants to know about it, but she hasn't seen it. John saw firsthand that this man cannot take a joke, that he was very territorial, that he's mm-hmm. hot. You know, John's like, uh-oh, yeah. I got Jesus on my side, but I don't have abs like that. John is <laughs> handsome, actually. Well, John was a model. He started his career as a model. Rib? Did you know that? Wow. Rib Hillis. Mm-hmm. Rib began his career in front of the camera working as a model in Europe for designers. Wow. Like Versace, Armani, Ugo Boss. Ugo. This is rude of me. I was going to say JCPenney. And we're talking Versace? I know. Okay. I would have never. So then Gareth is at church. He compliments Nancy. She eats it up. Nancy is so horny. And we just need to get her a man. Because Nancy's gorgeous. So it shouldn't be hard. I know. And now I'm wondering if Nancy's not even religious. But she's like, you know, where's a good place to pick up men? <laughs> Methodist church. And so she's <laughs> gossiping. And then she steps out to go get Leslie, who's on the phone. Well, she goes to answer. She gets a call, right? So it's her phone. She picks up her own cell phone and is like, we can schedule the baptism. (laughs) Which is like, is that what you do, church secretary? Also, why isn't there a landline? I think so. There should be a landline for the church, though. (laughs) Nope, it's Nancy's personal cell phone. It's Nancy's cell with a pink case, a bright pink case. And she said, I'm available 24-7 for all your baptism scheduling needs. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know someone's calling at 11 p.m. I've got to get my baby's head wet. So... (laughs) While Nancy is doing her baptism scheduling, Gareth picks up a phone that's on Nancy's desk. And I go, well, that can't be Leslie's. Why would her phone be on Nancy's desk? But exactly. I guess it is Leslie's phone. And then he steals it. He puts it in his pocket. He just puts it in his pocket. Puts it in his pocket. And I just don't know why exactly. It's like, why is her phone? Because okay, the whole thing is Leslie's talking to two other parishioners. Like she's in a meeting, right, with parishioners. So I get being like, I don't want any disturbances. But it's called airplane mode. Yeah, It's called airplane mode. It's not like leave your phone. Also, if my phone, if I gave you my phone, please don't just put it out where anybody could grab it. Well. By mistake or on purpose. It's like put it in, exactly, put it in a drawer, put it in your purse. You know it was probably supposed to be in a drawer. Nancy was looking through it. (laughs) Nancy was definitely scrolling for big nude shots of John. Yes. I'm sure her password is her favorite scripture, so it was easy to get into. <laughs> and then, yeah, she's scrolling and being like, I wonder if she has Tinder on here. <laughs> so Leslie is counseling Gareth. I think we've left left that out. They are having one-on-one individual counseling sessions in person. I find this to be inappropriate, too. Well, it's, again, I don't know if we left it out. He just, he just shows up where she is and demands to talk to her. Yes, that's the inappropriate part. And sh- her just being like, I'm counseling him. It's like, I'm sorry. He showed up at midnight. That was the first boundary cross. Okay. That was the first damn boundary cross. And you just keep letting it happen. And then he shows up and is like, let's have a conversation. And they're like, and this time though, at least they're like outside on church grounds, you know, like at a picnic table. So I was like, okay. But then Gareth takes it too far. Listen to this. Uh, Listen. Uh, uh, Pastor Leslie, I'd love to take you out to dinner. I'm sorry, I, I can't. Uh, just as a, a thank you for everything you've done for me and Emma. Oh, uh, I, I can't. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm plans with your boyfriend? I never said I had a boyfriend. I, I just assumed you and that guy, John... I like to keep my personal life personal. It's my pleasure to help you. I just want to see you happy. Then let me buy you dinner. 
Um, I would feel more comfortable if we waited till Emma got back. Do you not trust me? That's not it at all. <laughs> oh, were you, you worried about Nancy? Why would I be worried about Nancy? Because everyone knows she's a huge gossip. She has nothing to gossip about. I am your pastor and I am counseling you. That's it. Oh, exactly. So, and thank you dinner shouldn't be a big deal. Gareth. It's late. Both have to eat. No reason either of us should do that alone, right? Okay, one quick dinner. No! Okay. You say no. That I'm just like, if that is the way that someone asks you to dinner, you do not give in. And and I Absolutely. think I don't I don't know. I've never been a pastor, never gonna be a pastor. Is she mm -hmm. just trying to like avoid conflict? It's so weird that she's like, okay, that worked. This is why I've said, and, and this was it. This is the first time I'll ever say this. This woman should not be a pastor. Wow. Okay. She should not actually, she's all like, I can't marry you. I don't want to be a pastor's wife. I said, you know what? You need to be a pastor's wife because the pastor, you a damn mess. She doesn't know how to establish boundaries. She is easily bullied and she don't even know when her phone been stolen. I'm going to tell you, you a mess. It, I mean, we're talking 21st century and your phone has been wholly stolen and you don't notice? You are definitely looking for it. You have to be. You check it at least once you said, oh, I have messages or, oh, I need to contact so-and-so. Okay. You at least know the feel of the weight of your phone in your purse. If it's in your bag or not. Or like, it, you know, sticky fingers, Nancy, you got to get it away from her. So John is waiting for Leslie at a restaurant and he texts her, but Gareth is the one that has the phone. So he sees what restaurant John is at. And then he takes Leslie to that exact restaurant. Come on. Come on. So John sees them come in. He sees them come in. And now this is where I got mad at Johnny because I was like, John, y'all, he does not go over to that table and say, what the f Which is insane to me. Yeah. He was just talking to this bitch about boundaries and she out here having dinner with the guy. Yeah. Not just dinner. We ain't talking, oh, let's grab a bite. Let's go to Sweet Green. We're talking full on tablecloth romantic dinner. Yeah. I think it's Italian. And so Gareth is like, let's get wine. You know, so he gets, <laughs> he gets Merlot. A bottle. He gets a, a bottle. Of Merlot. Weird. Blood of Christ. <laughs> and then they're having chit-chat. John is left at this point. Clock them left. And he says his parents had their first date there. Weird. Yeah. And she goes, you never told me you were from this town this whole time you and I have been talking. Do you know what I mean? It's like, he's so weird. How do you not bring up? It's like, I oh, yeah, I'm here. new in town. I move around a lot. And you never said, oh, actually, I grew up here. So his dad passed away before he was born. And then his mom passed away 10 years ago. But he says, like, he he can't, like, he says it weird. Like, he's like, oh, my mom, like, it feels like he's lying. And then he calls this town the scene of the crime. Like, he's like, yeah, so I'm back here at the scene of the crime. And it's like, you killed your mom. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, after this weird dinner, he walks her home and he, like, slips her phone back in her purse without her noticing this again <laughs> leslie you deserve what you get because you're a damn fool you're a damn fool his whole big hand is in your purse and you don't even notice nothing do ministers not need their phones like we're talking out she's been without her phone for four hours at this point and it's like at i guess she's a woman of the lord but like she's checking some social media exactly and then when she sees her phone when she gets in the house she sees john's text and he basically, he's like, hey, I saw you with him. And, she, you know, she's like, why didn't you say anything? And he's like, well, it seemed pretty intimate. And this is where, for me, it gets a little confusing. He wants to be married to her, but they don't live together. How long have they been dating? 
Because I think if I've been dating you over a year and I see you at dinner with somebody else, I'm coming over to the table. But John is behaving like they've been on like dates for a couple months and he has no, you know what I mean? It's like he wants yeah. to marry her, but also can't just go up to her and go, hi, who, you know what I mean? I would have sat right next to her ass. I said, babe, we had dinner plans. So anything outside of Leslie not drawing boundaries with Gareth, anything outside of that that I don't understand, I'm just chalking up to them being church people and me being like, <laughs> I don't know how church people behave. You know, like maybe that's what they would do. Well, you know, again, we've already mentioned Rib Hillis's modeling career, which now that I know that, it does explain that I, I have to tell you this scene where he and Leslie are on the phone. <laughs> John is sitting on his bed mm -hmm. reading a book mm -hmm. Wearing denim jeans and absolutely <laughs> shirtless. And absolutely topless, just nude oh, I loved it. torso. I loved it. Sorry. And I, I laughed so hard. I thought it was such a funny thing to do. Who does that in their house? Yeah. Put, put on a sweatpant. It's the jean part for me that I think is, you know what I mean? Not wearing a shirt. It's like, I guess, but also... It's, I don't know. It, this movie was really just like giving us the softcore pornographic elements of unnecessarily shirtless men. And I think this was Rib being like, I've still got it and I will be flaunting it while reading a book. So <laughs> this is, yeah, Leslie is again defensive. And you know that we love when our lifetime queens immediately are like, you're out of line. And that is not Leslie. Leslie is like, no, this is normal. And I'm behaving within the boundaries. And it's like, no, Leslie. No, pastors don't go to romantic dinners. Where is his wife? Exactly. Where is exactly. Emma? Hashtag let's find Emma. Okay. Emma's the new Shelly Miscavige. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> We've got to get her. we got to get her. But again, Leslie a damn fool. Gareth painting a damn birdhouse. So he's at her house, painting her birdhouse red. It actually looks really cute. But he <laughs> accidentally, quote unquote, dumps red paint all over her. It does look like blood. So Leslie goes in to change. Gareth sneaks in the house after her and watches her change. And so we see her change, too. She has a very sexy, lacy black bra. And I'm like, this minister is wild. Like, she has sexier <laughs> bras than me. And I used to be a slut. <laughs> then when she comes back out, Gareth makes her take a selfie with the birdhouse. Nope. He's like, you know, let's get a picture of my handiwork. But y'all, when I tell you this birdhouse is way in the background and this is a picture of the two of them, I said, it's just them. You didn't get it. You didn't. And so it doesn't make any sense. And then Leslie just like mentions Emma. And he immediately gets weird and defensive. Like, he's like, why do you keep bringing she's her up? She's your wife? Because like, she's your wife and who I met? she's been away, quote unquote, and you just took a picture with me. And whenever someone in a Lifetime movie wants a <laughs> selfie, we know it. They're going to frame it and do something weird with it. Like, it's, <laughs> the, like, you go, nope. <laughs> and, and I actually kind of like that, that in the Lifetime universe, selfies are basically illegal. Like, it's like, do not take them. They will end up a bad place. <laughs> <laughs> now we're back in church leslie's preaching about admitting darker concealed sins and gareth okay. seems to get very upset and then he just storms out like that's not weird and nancy follows him uh -huh. it's like nancy he, nobody know you why you, nancy just want to be up in business she's like i'll come help and it's like babe i think she wants to be up in certain business too and gareth is at church without emma like we have not seen emma since they fought right yeah since the fight yeah we don't see her again we don't see her after that fight Ugh. and so th and then we we see nancy showing up at gareth's house 
What a, what is it? A terrine? A terrine. What do you call it? With a ladle. A terrine of soup. And no one answers, so she lets herself in. The door is unlocked. Now, I said to myself, if you Gareth's crazy ass, why the hell your door unlocked? Right. You know you nefarious. You, if, at the very least, you know you're a control freak, let alone like a violent murderer who's obsessed with cleanliness. Yeah. Your door should never be unlocked. No. You can't let anybody in. So I was like, why is your door unlocked? And why is Nancy bringing over some soup? Yeah, so you notice the unlocked door. I, uh, again, am noticing a serving dish I've never heard of. So it's like <laughs> she has this giant soup, and it's gorgeous. It's like porcelain. Yeah, porcelain. It's really pretty. Yeah. It has a specific matching ladle. And and I'm thinking there must be an entire site just for church people to buy <laughs> things to serve food in. These are These are not normal like, I don't own a gravy boat. I'm sure Nancy has 17 of them. <laughs> right, absolutely. You know she's got four butter dishes. You yes. know there's one just for Thanksgiving. She goes in, she starts nosing around. But I think there must be something about this house where you go, I gotta creep up the stairs. People love, it's very Mayberry. I said, what is this Mayberry nonsense? And what does she find upstairs? Because she goes all the way upstairs. What does <laughs> she find? The framed selfie of Gareth and Leslie. And she's like, oh, this is weird. She drops it, breaks it. And as she's cleaning it up, Gareth gets home. So he had the door unlocked while he was out. This is what I'm saying. None of it makes any sense. Okay. He comes home. He sees the dang terrine on the counter. because, it, And it's like, okay, something is amiss. <laughs> okay. And then he grabs the ladle out of the bowl, goes through the house until he sees Nancy. And then, listen. Oh, Gareth. They are filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They're filled what are you talking with about? Envy, and strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossips. I, I, I didn't mean to do anything. I just, I, God, I was just bringing Emma some soup. And... Haughty, boastful, inventors of. He bashed her with her own ladle. Is that a lifetime first? Yes. It feels like a lifetime first. Death okay, by move ladle. over teapot. <laughs> move over tea kettle. We got ladling. A woman has been ladled. All right? Death, oh my God. Death have, by her own ladle. We have to take a break because I feel like a ladling and also of horny Nancy, it's too much to take. I said, of all the things, that's what you used. But let's just get ourselves together and then come back. 
Okay, we're back. Okay, we're still here dealing with sins and seduction. The latest sin, ladling poor horny Nancy. And I needed that break to prepare me for what is about to come because we see Gareth bring that soup of Nancy's to Leslie's house. He is now re-gifting soup he didn't make of a dead woman's. Uh, Hello? Hello? I am sinning and I am seducing. Leslie's like, shouldn't you be with your sick wife? Yeah, because now she's back in town, but she's sick. Exactly. And then... She points out that he's like a stain on his shirt. And then he immediately goes to the bathroom, washes his hands incessantly. You know how much he loves it. And initially when I see Leslie here, it looks like she's wearing no pants because she's doing like a long shirt with a booty short. And I just was, and I guess this is what makes her a progressive minister. I think the booty shorts is part of her being progressive. Yeah. <laughs> the most progressive thing about her is that you can see her ass cheeks sometimes. <laughs> Okay, so they chat over Nancy's murder soup, and now we get Leslie's origin story. I was determined to be a party girl when I got to college. I was really shy when I was growing up, especially with boys. I was a super late bloomer, so I don't know. I just wanted to let loose. I don't, I don't like to think of you like that. I don't know. Don't worry, I wasn't very successful. Most weekends, I would find myself passed out drunk in my dorm alone. (laughs) Why would you want to be that kind of person, though? I don't know. I I kind of felt reckless, kind of felt like a grown-up, but um, most of all, I was, was really unhappy. There was this one night I was sitting in my dorm, getting ready to go out to another party, um when I noticed my roommate's Bible. Anyway, I didn't end up going out that night. And before I knew it, my roommate was arriving home and I was still sitting on the bed reading, my hair half curled. I was so embarrassed. No, no, I love it. I tried to play the whole thing off, but you know how pastors talk about that still, small voice? Yeah. That never left me. And before I knew it, graduation had rolled around and I found myself enrolling in seminary. I think it's insane for Gareth to say, I don't like to think of you like that. <laughs> That's gross. That's so gross. Is it grosser than I like the way you're, you look so much prettier without makeup? Yeah, it is. Because he's basically <laughs> like, you shouldn't have had sex with anyone. Right. And he tries to make her feel really guilty. Right. It's so weird. And then her being like, I found my roommate's Bible. And he gets horned up. <laughs> like, he looks so... You see him, like his whole body language changes. He's like, and then... Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. The weirdest part, then he kisses her. Finally. She's like, no. You can't do that. She tells him to leave, and he is so mean, so scary. He's like, why are you so hot and cold? Like, he's so terrifying. He's so terrifying. And you're like, okay, maybe Leslie has finally seen the light. Right. And the light is the light that is not in Gareth's eyes. Right. So then later that night, she gets a call from the church's security company that's basically like, you know, an alarm went off. So she's like, I'll go check on it myself. And I said, a white woman who doesn't want to call the police? Unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Could not believe. Well, because prob- they probably get charged. Oh, okay. You know, they're like, if the police come and it was just like a gate flap and they're like, that's going to be $100. Okay. And so then when she gets there, Dot Marie Jones is there cleaning and she's like, I like all the doors. And she's like very offended that you would think otherwise. And then Leslie decides to stay and pray. So she's she's kneeling in the pew. Stay and pray. Stay and pray. <laughs> 
And she does it out loud. Just mm-hmm. listen to this, honey. When this started, I think my heart was in the right place. I really wanted to help Gareth. But I'm attracted to him. And I like that he's attracted to me, too. God, please forgive me. I really wanted that kiss, and I wanted more than that kiss. But I'm not listening to you. And you keep telling me to get away and to do what's right. And I keep pretending I'm doing what's right by helping him. But I'm not, am I? God, please help me cut this relationship. What? So she's into him. (laughs) Okay, well, Megan, you were right this whole time. I didn't see it. I didn't see it until she said it. Because it's <laughs> unprecedented. For, to, for a man to behave this crazy, this aggro, this my wife is clearly dead and I killed her, and a woman of the Lord to go, yes, this is doing it for me. <laughs> like, it, it's it's on par with, uh, like, murderers having multiple women write them letters to try and be their husband. <laughs> to be their wives. You know, like, it's that level of, like, oh, Leslie is not well then. Right. And, you know, surprise, surprise, as she's praying out loud, who's standing two feet behind her hearing all of this? (laughs) Of course, it's Gareth. Does he have a job? (laughs) Remember, he owns a computer company, which could also just be a lie, he told. Because I'm like, he just doesn't seem to sleep. He seems, you know, in (laughs) I think it was the third book of Harry Potter, Hermione has that time change thing where she can just show up places. Like, she can be in two places at once. I think Gareth has that. And you know Harry Potter to these people is obviously a tool of the devil. So it's like he's using Hermione's devil tool to just spy on the hot booty cheeks preacher. And so she's been horned up this whole time. I just... I guess now slightly explains her stupidity because I wasn't getting it before. But then Leslie, in a moment of clarity, she goes to John. She and John apologize. She tells John that she, she's like, I got to cut ties with this guy. Can you please be there to help me? Good. When I advise him. And Great it's like, idea. Okay. And of course, John's like, yes, I'll be there. He's like, finally, woman, you're making sense. Yes. And then we cut to Leslie basically trying to break up with Gareth. And then Gareth goes, is this about the kiss? And John goes, duh, f-. <laughs> She left all that out. Leslie left all that out when she was apologizing. And then Leslie's like, actually, John, can you leave? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I know. She's basically like, I can't deal with both of y'all mad at me. And I just feel so bad for John because he's the only sane one in this movie. All right. And then Leslie starts asking about Emma and very quickly thinks that Gareth did something to her. And you might say, I wonder why. Well, listen to all this crazy stuttering and yelling. Gareth, if Emma left you, you can tell me. And trust me. Oh, I've made some mistakes. But I'm, I'm trying to be better. Yeah, and I tried... I tried to make things work with Emma. I thought she was different. Why, you tried? I trusted you! If I can't trust my pastor, then who can I trust? No, you can trust me, Gareth. I just want to know where Emma is. You're the one who told me that I needed to cut her out of my life. Yeah, but where is Emma? You said it was my only choice. 
You said God didn't want me to live like that. Gareth, did you do something to Emma? You said I had to cut her out of my life. It was your idea. Gareth, if you've done something to Emma, I can help you. You can tell me. No. No, I'm not telling you anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, he did something. <laughs> what was the epiphany? Just the kiss? Like, we've all thought this the whole time. The whole time. He's, so did John. I think John, and I know Nancy's now dead somewhere. I think John and Nancy are actually a good match. Interesting. She's thirsty and he's given. <laughs> but I don't know because you said he, like, John is cheesy pastor energy. Like, that's the problem. Like, Nancy, because, like, he wouldn't want to listen to Nancy gossiping. Like, he wouldn't find it charming. He would be like, absolutely not. I yeah. will not speak of my parishioners. Well, you know, John's I, a good boy. I know. Okay, so now Leslie's on her Nancy Drew vibes. She calls the hospital Emma supposedly worked at, and they said that she hasn't been in for weeks because her husband called in and quit for her. No. That no. is, nope. No, that's not how that's supposed to work. <laughs> your husband can't quit for you. <laughs> if your husband, no, Naomi, imagine Andy calls in to me and says, Naomi can't do the podcast. I'm going, you killed her. Like, I'm just going, <laughs> get her on the phone. I, or I say, you need Naomi to send me a picture of her holding up a newspaper. I don't believe you. Your husband can't quit for you. Exactly. Today's date. You need to at least give me a sign of life. Okay, so now Leslie tells John she's worried that Gareth killed Emma. And it's like, I... This is just such a 180 for her so fast. But not just that. She's like, he killed Emma, but she goes, I'm, it, and it's my fault. I'm an accessory. True. <laughs> I said, wait a minute, Leslie. You think, like, this is what I mean. She should not be a pastor. She is not bright. Wow. How do you think that because you told a parishioner who told you their spouse is abusing them that you need to cut that spouse out of your life, that that now means you are liable for the murder of that? spouse she's not bright i think she's looking back and going oh no i ignored a dozen red flags and so <laughs> she knows they're gonna question her and they're gonna be like okay and so you went to his house to pick up your cake carrier obviously a euphemism <laughs> for getting it in and he opened the door shirtless sweating and wouldn't let you see inside and she's like yeah okay and then he spilled red paint on you while he was quote unquote, painting your birdhouse, also a euphemism for getting it in. I was counseling him. Right. This was all part of my counseling. And you were also seen at the fanciest, most romantic restaurant in town. Your phone was missing for hours. Like, she's a, <laughs> the, a cops are dumb and they're going to say she's dumb. <laughs> so Gareth, of course, is watching Leslie from afar this whole time. Jobless you know, Gareth. Like... <laughs> <laughs> He's always doing a stay and pray. And he's watching him, and he sees him kiss, and then Leslie leaves. And when John is, like, walking into his house, Gareth follows him and knocks him out, honey. Yeah. We see John knocked out. I said, And I said, John, before, I was like, John has the kind of dopey face that's perfect for murdering. He, re I really felt like he was about to be, because he, he was, like, he was the only person with common sense. He was, like, so moral and dopey. And I said, he about to be murdered. And so when he got him in the alley, I said, oh, this ain't right. This ain't right. Yep. But Leslie, she doesn't even know this happened. The next day, she, Gareth, we see Gareth go out for a run. And Leslie goes into their house. Now, I was about to scream until I see her. She feels around for a spare key. And I said, well, at least he's locking his door. Because I said, you can't murder everybody who walk in the house. You right. got to start locking it up. 
You got to start locking it up so you can't have any more Nancys. It's also wild to me that people murder and then maintain their workout regimen. Because I'm looking for (laughs) any excuse to stop working out. You know, like I'm like, oh, it's uh, 61 degrees. Can't do it today. And, And Gareth is like, I've killed no less than three people in the last week. (laughs) <laughs> Gotta get my jog in. And it's like, you can't, you're not getting cardio from all the digging of the holes. <laughs> so she goes in there and she finds a suitcase packed with Emma's clothes. He, she finds Emma's purse that still has her wallet and ID inside. This is a bad sign. And a plane ticket. So there's like, well, is Emma gone or not? The plane ticket was so 94 to me. Like, I'm like, we do, we are not, and it's not like a printout from like Expedia. Like we are talking a plane ticket that they give you at the airport. And I'm like, I, I love this. <laughs> I loved seeing it. Oh my God. And then while she's looking around, Gareth is already back from his run. I said, what was that? A sprint? Diarrhea. Diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> now, Megan, why did you say that? So, matter of fact, do you think he was wearing spanks? I just no. I just think when you like go for a workout and come back really fast, it's a number two situation. <laughs> and so Leslie drops the purse because she's not a good bandit; she's a preacher. And he hears it, and so he starts looking. But Leslie hides and is able to sneak out of the house without Gareth snatching her. Thank God. And then once she's out, she calls Gareth and is like, why don't you meet me at the church tonight so we can discuss us? Which, you know. You know, he's in. Exactly. He's ready. So what she really does, she hides in the alley. She watches him leave later on that night because, like, we see it kind of go from day to night. And then she calls him and she's like, I got caught up in a meeting. Can you wait for me? And he gets so furious. Do you remember the face? He, like, makes that face where you're trying to, like, stifle a scream. Yes. And and then he just kind of goes, okay, sure. And I go, oh, my God. This man can't even... He can't, he can't even handle if you late to some shit. Right. Yeah, he a murderer. Like, I was like, I don't know. You ain't gonna ever date anybody, Gareth. You crazy. His mom did a number on him. I mean, oh this is God. really a cautionary tale for how I raise Conrad. And when people say, oh, you didn't get him baptized, I'm gonna point to this film. I'm gonna go, <laughs> I need you to watch the 2018 Sins and Seduction film and you'll know why I kept Conrad out of the church. Thank you. <laughs> Because while he is waiting for her at the church, she is letting herself into Gareth's shed, where she finds something that made me laugh at first, which is a box marked Emma, (laughs) and inside her blood-soaked clothes. And it's like, you gotta burn them. (laughs) You burn them? You don't keep them in a box like they some damn baby shoes? What is it? Like, just like, memories. Emma memories. He is giving lifetime Drew Peterson. Like, he's just, like, Uh, hot and so dumb and bad. And then, you know who else is in the shed? Alive Nancy. (laughs) Y'all, Nancy is alive. Which actually makes sense. Like, once I saw her alive, I go, that's that's my bad. My bad. I thought... I thought that was a lethal blow. But it's also been days that days. she's been tied up in this shed. And I felt like if there's anybody, and this is what made me sad, I said, nobody was looking for Nancy. She didn't have no family, no, no. F- not even her friend Leslie was like, no. I think I should maybe call the police. She like calls her once. We see her call her once and, you know, she doesn't pick up her phone. But yeah. I'm like, that's it? Yeah. That's I don't think it? you didn't kill someone. Leslie, you full on, didn't care. Well, you know who does care? Gareth. He's at the shed, you guys. He's at the shed. It's been 30 seconds since they had the phone call. Like, how close <laughs> is the church? I need a I need a map. And this this yeah. is very much Hermione. Like, it's <laughs> how are you at the church mad? And you're also here. It's so crazy. Please just listen to this interaction. Where's Emma? I can explain. Did you kill her? 
No. No, you're the one who convinced me I had to get rid of her. I remember you to kill her. You know, I thought she was different. You know, so wholesome and upright, but I was wrong. Okay, I tried to help her. I tried to wash her in the hot water and make her clean, but she didn't like that. No, no, she said I was hurting her and she tried to leave me and now you're trying to leave me too! No, I'm not trying to leave you. I just need to get Nancy to a doctor. No! Nancy cannot keep her mouth shut. She stays right there. Listen, Gareth, whatever you've done, I can help you, okay? I will help you. I just, I just need you to let us go now, please. I'll never let you go. Gareth. And I will never let anyone come between us. Please calm down. John tried to come between us. But he won't anymore. Wow. John's not going to come between them anymore. Yep. Wow. Gareth says John won't come between them anymore. And then she like hits him with a shovel, but then he hits her back. <laughs> and we see the screen go black. We're back up. And Leslie is, she comes to, because you know, of course she'd been knocked out. And when she comes to, honey, she is in her own church, mm-hmm. tied to a chair, wearing a wedding dress. Yes. And who is sitting three pews away? Nancy. Yeah. With tape over her mouth. I mean. Then Gareth walks down the aisle as the wedding march plays. And he's like, I know this is for the bride, but I had to improvise. (laughs) I know. And then he also says something that made me laugh. He goes, I love this song. (laughs) No one loves the wedding march. He's like, it's my jam. I do love in a Lifetime movie when someone does like a four psycho wedding. We saw this (laughs) about with, with the guy who was living under like the bed. Did he do a psycho wedding? We also saw psycho wedding crasher. The woman who made the dress who was like, and remember she had all her stuffed animals around? Yes. As the witnesses. She was like, it's our wedding. The witness for this is Nancy. Oh my gosh. And then Gareth is like, oh, I know why you're mad. I haven't proposed. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's the problem. Then, of course, Gareth starts monologuing as they do. And as that's happening, Nancy is trying to cut the tape on her wrists. Just listen to portions of his monologue. I always dreamed of the perfect wife. One who's kind and good. Most of all, pure. I thought I found her. But Emma lied to me. Listen, if you just untie me, I can show you I'm different to Emma. No, Mother always told me to be careful. That women are liars. That was very special. Is that why you came back to San Colini's? Find someone like your mother. Nobody can ever be like my mother. She is the one who taught me how to be clean. Cleanliness is next to godliness. What did she do to you, Gareth? The water has to be very hot. That's the only way we, that's the only way you could become pure. None of us are pure. We're all sinners, but God loves us anyway. No, no. Don't you see? You're the, you're the only one. What's more pure than a pastor? Pastors aren't perfect. What? Oh. This time is gonna be forever. Okay, oh and so I God. was wondering that because I was like, why does 
I thought maybe Gareth and Leslie had some past, but it's like, I think he chose Leslie just because she is a- A hot breaster, a hot pester. Who like does kind of look like his mom. Like there is an Oedipus thing going on there too. Well, she's blonde there, of course. But at the same time, but here's the other thing, and here's what doesn't make sense to me. He wants someone who's pure and it's like, you know she's been with other men. So how is that even going to work for you? She has a boyfriend. She has a current boyfriend. You should understand about being a party girl. So it's like, but it's like just because she is a pastor, he's like, okay, she's perfect. And then Gareth, he goes over to Nancy and it's like, Nancy, the ring. It's like, you done tied Nancy up and locked her to shed. She is barely hanging on to life. <laughs> and then he turns Leslie's chair around and we see John is also alive. But he's tied to a chair. He is bloodied. So Gareth has just been keeping a lot of people in the shed. Ice. Yeah. He's been keeping people tied up, being like, I got a plan in a few days. Just stay here. I'm happy Nancy and John are still alive. I was shocked to see John there. And then <laughs> this is <laughs> this is wild. He pulls a, a knife on John, and John is there because he needs John to marry them. He needs oh. a preacher. My it's got to be official. It's got to be official. He's the only other pastor he knows. But I'm like, do you have a marriage license? Like, <laughs> I think you need both people there. So Leslie begs him to just do it because he's going to stab yeah, him if like, he doesn't. So yeah. John starts reciting the ceremony from the top, you know, which is like <laughs> long. And and Gareth's like, no, just cut to the vows. And he's like, I don't know it unless I start That's it from so the top. Funny. It was I thought that was so, so good. funny. It's like, I only know it in order. I was like, way to stall, John. So they're like arguing and it's really funny this is like when the movie kind of turns into a dark comedy because he's like i I, listen i had to start it dearly beloved or else i can't get there Uh, and this has given nancy enough time she's gotten herself loose she runs up and she unties leslie so she tells nancy to go run and call the police we know they don't have a landline so it's like i don't know where she's going to do that exactly but also did you notice they were running off that nancy was like in a red sequined party dress which is not what she was wearing when he ladled her so now i'm thinking gareth changed her into that for the wedding Uh uh-huh he said "Uh, you're gonna be a bridesmaid Where did you get the outfit? What is going on? He really had it planned. And then Leslie does again. I already told you I think she's dumb. So I'm not surprised that Leslie proceeds to run up the stairs. Well, in her defense, all of the doors are locked. They're like chained locked. You're correct. So she does, she does run upstairs. She's afraid of heights. And she's like, (laughs) she's like hiding. And I think it's like probably where the choir sits, uh, the choir pews. She's like hiding. Gareth is stalking around looking for her. And then he grabs her and he starts to strangle her. And I was like, dog, you were just about to marry her. Thank you. Thank you. And so as she's like, you know, trying to fight him and he's got his hands around her neck, out of nowhere, Gareth gets knocked upside the head and he falls over the balcony. And Leslie looks up to see... No greater face to see in a time of peril. Dot Marie Jones, yep. church janitor, hit him with the damn mop handle. I yep. said yes. <laughs> and the that's ba- it. The balcony is not that tall, but he's dead. There is blood pouring out of his head. Cut to <laughs> three months later. Leslie is back at the church. She's in a wedding dress for real this time. Seems like she picked it out herself. Nancy's there. She's gonna she's be a zipping witness. her up. She's <laughs> zipping her up, and then Nancy's like, she goes, "I couldn't upstage the bride, but I'll try." I'm like, Nancy, why? <laughs> I love her. And then John comes in. He's the groom. He comes in despite it being bad luck, and he's like, "Listen, there's no worse luck than us both almost getting killed. So I'm coming to see you." <laughs> 
And then they kiss, which I'm like, you're doing it in the wrong order. And then they go down to get married and she grabs her bouquet and he's like, what about the lavender? He's like, it's not lavender. And she's like, I'm off of lavender. <laughs> As you know, being attacked by a psycho parishioner will do to you. Wow. So she, she was, it, all it took was a near death experience with an absolute psychopath for her to go, maybe I'll get married. Exactly. Whew. Well, that one was a roller coaster, complete with the craziest man and the funniest friend. Nancy was actually one of my favorite friends, I think, in any Lifetime movie so far. Absolutely. And and being ladled to death, I'm glad we didn't have that. She was just ladled to um, knocked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> knocked out with a ladle. Classic. But like, uh, again, and, and I don't mean it again because we've said this before, but we've said this in other movies. Where is Emma? Justice for Emma. Justice for Emma. We obviously assume she has been killed, but I would like to know, does someone find her body? It would have been fun to cut to like them getting married and she's a bridesmaid, but her head is like wrapped up, you know? Like, she's still <laughs> she's still healing, but she's like, had to be here for my girl. Oh my God. This one was a roller coaster. We are going from one wedding to another. Naomi, we've had this title circled on our calendar. And and yeah, and we said for it. we've got Naomi's wedding coming up. And this feels like the perfect cocktail hour appetizer. <laughs> A little joint called Betrayed by My Bridesmaid. Ooh. Uh, oh, I'd <laughs> say it's in the top five titles. <laughs> top five titles. Katie and Tom are full of excitement as they plan their dream wedding. When Katie's troubled and unreliable sister, Connie, gets out of rehab. Okay, that's a turn. Katie reluctantly includes Connie in her bridal party. And soon after, things begin to unravel, testing Katie and Tom's dedication to one another. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Interestingly enough, Katie and Tom is the name of a couple on Vanderpump Rules who is now getting a divorce. Wow, and when I hear it, I think Katie Holmes and Tom, <gasps> Tom Cruise, Cruise, and we all know what happened there. So yes. <laughs> this is a portent, and this movie was just last year, so you know mm-hmm. this is a fresh one. And you guys, you can watch this movie with your existing Lifetime Movie Club subscription or start an account today by going to lifetimemovieclub.com slash podcast and get yourself a free seven-day trial. Come on now, don't betray me. I've already been betrayed by my bridesmaid. My wedding's coming up! <laughs> I'm really excited to watch this one. We will see you next week. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out the new Bomb Lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where two amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime and they get into the nitty gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm, That's my jam. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Aisha Jordan. With sound editing and mixing by the Podglomerate. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now. If you've gotten to this point, you should know that we're the host, okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? 
Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 